Episode 310 of the Impopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Impopular Podcast, I'm not really asking you to agree with me. I'm asking you to hear me out. So the Super Bowl is tomorrow. Super Bowl is tomorrow. The big game is tomorrow. Yet, that is not where we're starting. Because, well, yes, that is the biggest news coming up. That's not the biggest news to discuss right now. You know, there we talk a lot on this podcast about the difference between stars and superstars. There are a lot of stars in the NBA. There are very few superstars. And you just you can just tell a superstar. Like you know Giannis Antetokounmpo is a superstar. You know Steph Curry is a superstar. You know, you know, LeBron James is a superstar. It's, it's just it's clear that they're superstars. Kevin Durant is also a superstar. And with the trade deadline coming and going now, this was probably one of the most active trade deadlines we've seen in years. And that is because it started with Kevin Durant. Now, there are some players that if they move cities, if they move teams it doesn't make much of a dent and that's no offense to them but if I don't know I'm not gonna say no names but there are just some players that they could move and while yes it's important to the team it's not it doesn't make shockwaves it doesn't it doesn't reverberate throughout the entire league but when a superstar changes teams everything changes for instance now, of course, we're going. I, this is a long, drawn-out tease, I think you can say, but I'm getting somewhere. You remember in 2000, was it 10, when LeBron James had the decision and everything and how that changed the landscape of the NBA at that point? Or we can even look a little further. When Kevin, Dur- Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen decided to go to Boston, or... If you want to talk about Kevin Durant, which we are talking about, when Kevin Durant decided to go to Golden State. You see, big moves like that don't just affect two teams. They just don't affect the team that's that the player was on and the team that they're that they're leaving. No, it affects the league. And of course it starts, and, and where we're getting to is Kevin Durant was traded at the trade deadline to the Phoenix Suns. Now, this is a loaded topic, and, and I'm going to this 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 might be a this might be a longer episode because I need to I need to effectively break down how this changes the league and how this think of it like a puddle, you know, like when you drop water in the the weight. Like this is going to change the landscape of the league. You see. Of course, when you look on paper or when you look at the surface, Kevin Durant leaves one team, the Brooklyn Nets, and, the, and he goes to the Phoenix Suns. Now, when you look at the Phoenix Suns, 
you still have Devin Booker. You still have Chris Paul. They didn't have to give up DeAndre Aiden. You still have Tory and Craig, or Tory Craig. So you you have a team that on paper should be the best team, not only in the West but in the league. Because I mean, you have a star slash superstar in Devin Booker. You have a superstar in KD. You still have a great a great point guard and an all time point guard and a future Hall of Fame. Hell, you have three future Hall of Famers pretty much on one team. This changes the way that we look at the Phoenix Suns now. The Phoenix Suns, we were thinking this entire year, we were thinking their window was pretty much closed. We know what happened with DeAndre Ayton and and uh, Monty Williams and, and how their relationship has kind of been sour for a minute. We also thought we also were talking about how DeAndre Ayton pretty much needs to leave the team because his energy is kind of affecting the the morale of the team. But now when you look at this Phoenix Suns and you have Kevin Durant, you have a seismic player like this, that just is like now that you go from window might be closing to championship or bust. If the if the Phoenix Suns do not win the championship, at least this year, it is a massive failure. Now, not saying they can't win moving forward, but Chris Paul will be getting older. You don't know what's going to happen with DeAndre Ayton. It's, uh, it, it's, this is the year. That's 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 one thing that a star a superstar does for you. Your the view, the the outlook of your team changes drastically. Drastically. Hell, you can put Kevin Durant on the Wizards and their their trajectory looks completely different. Not saying that they would be championship or bust, but you pair a Kevin Durant with a Bradley Bill, with a Kyle Kuzma like that should get you at least a, a solid playoff run. So you pair Kevin Durant with with Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and the pieces that they have, it has to be a championship or bust. Now, I will say this. I will acknowledge that kind of like we saw Rudy Gobert back in the offseason, they got a – they the, – the, the, the Phoenix Suns had to trade a haul – for Kevin Durant, you know, you give up Mark Mikel Bridges, which is their best defender, or which was their best defender, Cam Johnson. Uh, you give up what one, two, three, f- four, five first round picks and two second round picks. Golly, mm. this changes not only the balance of, or not only this, this, this just this. This not only changes the trajectory of the Suns, it changes the trajectory of the Western Conference. Now you put the Western Conference, and this is what I said about the 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 the, the sound waves, the shock waves that this sends the league. Now the Western Conference looks completely different. We talked about Kyrie Irving last episode. Now you have Kevin Durant. <laughs> like, think about that. Now you have the look at the West now. The Suns, the Dallas Mavericks, the 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 Nuggets, um, the Golden State Warriors, the the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, like it is a gauntlet in the Western Conference. A superstar changing teams doesn't just affect the team; it affects everything around the team, and that even includes the conference. 
But with us talking about Kevin Durant now, a Phoenix Sun, we have to talk about where he came from. And that is the Brooklyn Nets. You know, I've heard... All they've been saying is that the Brooklyn Nets, the the big three that the Brooklyn Nets had, which was, of course, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and, and James Harden, all of which are now on different teams. They're calling that big three the biggest failure in NBA history as far as what that big three was supposed to accomplish compared to what it actually did accomplish. And I'm not going to lie, man. I was sitting here thinking, like, is it the biggest failure of all time or biggest letdown of all time or biggest misstep of all time as far as in the NBA? And then I got to thinking, man, like, what about the the Lakers when they had Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, Pau Gasol? And I said, well, that what? well, Steve Nash was older. Steve Nash wasn't in his prime anymore. Dwight Howard had back issues. Uh, Kobe Bryant got hurt a couple times that season. So, no, while, yes, that was a letdown that it didn't matriculate into anything big, it didn't, to me, reach the level of the Brooklyn Nets. Then I think about the Brooklyn Nets when they had, you know, Deron Williams, they had Paul Pierce, they had Kevin Garnett. But then I think, well, Kevin Garnett was well out of his prime, as well as Paul Pierce. Deron Williams was pretty good, but he wasn't the New Jersey Nets, Deron Williams. So, And a lot of people, even when that trade happened, they thought that it was a bad trade because of just how much the Brooklyn Nets gave up. So I'm not going to put that on the same level. Then I think about the Lakers when they had uh, Shaq, Kobe, Gary Payton, the mailman, Carl uh, Malone. But then I think, well, Carl Malone was out of his prime, clearly, as well as Gary Payton. So, no. So, I think it's justified in saying that this is the biggest failure to launch as, as far as a big three in NBA history. And let me explain why. There's no question that James Harden, there's no question, at least talent-wise, that Kyrie Irving, and there's no question that Kevin Durant are all going to be Hall of Famers. Yes, people can try to talk about Kyrie's name and, and try to throw a lot of stuff that really doesn't matter on Kyrie when we talk about the, the, the Hall of Fame, but Kyrie is a Hall of Famer. You can't talk about the history of basketball and not mention Kyrie Irving's name. He is a Hall of Famer. So you have three Hall of Famers, right? Three Hall of Famers that are still in their prime. James Harden, well, yes, a lot of people didn't like how he forced his way out of Houston, but James Harden was still in his prime. Kevin Durant was still in his prime. Kyrie Irving was still in his prime. And to have that three, the, the nucleus that they had, to only play 16 games together with all three is a massive failure. Again, when it happened, there was a lot of people saying, 
defense matters on a team, right? But when you have firepower that potent, you have three players, three players that can give you 50 on any given night. I mean, and one of the, another reason why a lot of people, including myself now, because I'm going to, I'm leaning more on the, it is the biggest failure of all time, is because with the talent that is James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant, I would understand if they went to one or two NBA finals and lost. They've only they only won one playoff series. One together. Now you can look at the injuries, you can look at the KD injuries, you can look at the, the everything that's surrounding Kyrie Irving. You can look at the fact of, you know, James Harden even had injuries to his hamstring in the playoffs, but the 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 core of a Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden team only won one playoff series. That has to go down as one of the if that that has to go down as the worst or the the biggest failure in NBA history. Because now if you look, James Harden's on Philly or in Philly. Kyrie Irving is in Dallas and now Kevin Durant is on the Suns. And think also think about that, man. I talk, I just talked about Kyrie Irving and said that you can't tell or you can't discuss the history of basketball and not talk about Kyrie Irving. You can talk about the history of basketball and completely not mention this quote-unquote era that the Brooklyn Nets had because it had, it accounted to nothing, nothing at all. And don't get me wrong, man. Kevin Durant will go down, in my opinion, as, as one of the greatest basketball players of all time. James Harden will go down as one of the greatest scorers of all time. Kyrie Irving, in my opinion, will go down as the greatest ball handler of all time and one of the greatest finishers below the rim. But when we talk about what they accomplished as a team, a team, by the way, that they constructed, that's another thing that's so bad about this issue or that was bad about that or or that's, that's such a letdown. They constructed it. This could have been one of the first teams that the players had the majority of say as to what happens. Now, yes, you can talk about Golden State, but at the end of the day, we know Bob Myers. We know, while yes, the players are 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 the pretty much very important in their opinion because you have a Steph Curry, you have a Clay Dre, and all that. The players, I don't want to say the players were were. In Brooklyn, you know, KD, Kyrie, they were the ones that were orchestrating majority of everything. And if that would have worked, that could have changed the way that the NBA is run and the NBA does its, uh, does its, its due diligence, I guess you can say. 
And it, and it could show just how important players' input is because, hell, play, the players pretty much got, you know, Kate, Kyrie orchestrated him and Kevin Durant coming to the team. They also orchestrated James Harden coming. And if that would have matriculated into a championship or more winning, then that could have changed the way that negotiations work. But it didn't. It didn't. And let me talk about the Brooklyn Nets for a second. The Brooklyn Nets, even with Kevin Durant and and Kyrie Irving, always played second and have had always played second fiddle to, of course, the New York Knicks. When we talk about popularity of New York, um, popularity of the NBA, just you know, it was always the quote unquote little brother or whatever of the New York Knicks. And I talked about this before uh, on an episode. But one of the biggest things or one of the biggest missteps that that this Brooklyn Nets team had was you gave power. You gave more power than you should have to players that have demonstrated that they do not do good with power. Hell, Kevin Durant has come out and said that he does not want to be the leader. He just wants to hoop. And Kyrie Irving has a track record, whether we talk about uh, Cleveland before LeBron, whether we talk about Cleveland after the championship, whether we talk about the whole Boston situation. Kyrie has shown that he probably isn't the best when we talk about having power. And you gave them the most power. So I look at this trade, man. You give up Kevin Durant, you give up TJ Warren, you get Mikel Bridges, you get Cam Johnson, Juan Paulo, whatever his name is. Apologize for messing you up and all those draft picks. Essentially sending your team into an instant rebuild. Now it'll be different if you got a star for a star, right? But you didn't. You got Mikael Bridges is a good piece, but he's not a star. Cam Johnson's a good shooter, even though he struggled this year, but he's not a star. Oh, and don't get me started on the Ben Simmons situation. So you get all this. And you had Kevin Durant. You had Kate, uh, Kyrie. You had James Harden. You have Ben Simmons. But what has that? What has that? What do, what do you have to show for it? Nothing. Again, you can completely just skip. If we're talking about the history of basketball, you can just skip this Brooklyn Nets situ- uh, moment. So Kevin Durant is a son. Oh, another thing, another thing before I, another thing. Joe Sy, who has ties, of course, to the um, 
San Antonio Spurs and the success that the Spurs had. You can't tell me that he, who has shown to be in a, a, a decent GM, you can't tell me, or owner, you can't tell me that he, it, it, he misstepped this bad. And what I mean by that is, when Kyrie Irving asked for or demanded a trade, there was a trade on the table that would have sent Russell Westbrook and two first-round picks to to Brooklyn for Kyrie. Now, also, I understand that you didn't want to give Kyrie exactly what he wanted because we all knew that Kyrie Irving wanted to go to the Lakers. But I have to I have to think that they had no indication that Kevin Durant was expecting to leave. And I say that because if you're losing two stars, you want to put yourself in the best position moving forward. Now, yes, you're going to be bad now, especially when we talk about rebuild. But when you lose two stars, you are going into an instant rebuild. When you lose a Kevin Durant, when you lose a Kyrie Irving, you are going into a rebuild. So while you don't have to keep Russell Westbrook, you you have the Lakers' two first-round picks in, like, this year and, like, in two years. Plus all the, like, plus all the stuff that you get, that you got from the, from the Phoenix Suns for Kevin Durant. So in my head, there's no way that, the, in fact... The move that you made to get Kyrie Irving and you get Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, those are a win-now move. And they, they even came out and said that we are going to build around KD just to move him two, three days later. There's no way that you could misstep that bad and know about it. So that I'm saying I think that they, I have to shoot them bail because – even I, and I'm, of course, nobody in this sense. Even I know that if you're going to trade Kevin Durant, the best option you should have done when you had Kyrie was to trade him to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook in those two picks. So now, kind of like the Oklahoma City Thunder, you you package yourself up with picks. So now you have a team, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson. You still have Cam Thomas. You still have Seth Curry. You still have Nick Claxton. That does nothing for you. Your team is not good enough to, to compete for anything, but your team's not bad enough to rebuild. So you're just in that middle section of nothingness. Yes, you have all those picks, but... You could have had more. You could have first round picks. It just it just doesn't make sense. It's it 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 shoot. It you either drastically misstepped or you had no idea at the time that you're trading Kyrie that Kevin Durant wanted to leave which I also it's kind of hard for me to believe that because this is the same Kevin Durant that demanded a trade to demand a trade in the offseason before the season now yes I understand things change and everything but Kevin Durant still demanded a trade 
So again, um, Kevin Durant is a son. Uh, and I think that this makes him, this makes the Suns at least, it has to make them the favorite. The West is already wide open. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go as far as say favorite in the, in the NBA finals. I'm just going to say a favorite in the West. Now, again, that's, that's such a loose, it's, it's such a loose, uh, statement because you have so many good teams in the West. You have the, the Denver Nuggets. You have the Golden State Warriors. Maybe the Clippers will get their stuff together. You 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 have the Kings that are surprisingly good this year. Dallas Mavericks, Grizzlies, P- Pelicans. Um, see what the Lakers after they made some moves. So I feel I, I'm not going to go as far as saying that uh, you have to if they don't win a championship uh, this year, it's a failure. But if they don't make it, it is a failure. And I also hear people say, this is Kevin Durant's MO at this point. As far as playing on a team with a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> I mean, when he was with OKC, he had two Hall of Famers, at least one. I mean, he had Kevin Durant. I mean, you had Kyrie. What the hell? You had James Harden. You had Russell Westbrook. Then he went to Golden State. We know what they had. Then he went to Brooklyn with Kyrie. Of course, James Harden went there. And now you're playing on a team with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. <laughs> and honestly, man, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not as. Uh, I don't look at Kevin Durant as 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 aggressively as other people do as far as the decisions that he made with his basketball career. I mean, you always want to play for the best team. That's just how it is. It doesn't mean you're not a competitor. It just means that you want to play with competent people on your team. And there was a report out saying that uh, the Memphis Grizzlies were going to trade like every pick that they had for Kevin Durant. That would have been interesting as well. In fact, I think if the Memphis Grizzlies got Kevin Durant, they probably would be in a better spot than Kevin Durant going on the Suns because you have John Morant, you have Triple J, you have, uh, you know, the the piece that they have, Dylan Brooks, you know. But Kevin Durant is the Sun. And I think this has to vault them to the um, to the top of the Western Conference, in my opinion. So. We'll see how it goes. And for the for the Brooklyn Nets now, I mean, hold on, hold on. Let me let me just tell you. Let me just talk about who's on this roster. Let me just say this roster: Royce O'Neal, Edmund Sumner, David Duke Jr., Patty Mills. Drew Smith, Ben Simmons, uh, Deron Sharp, uh, Utah Watabe. I apologize for messing your name up. Joe Harris, Cam Johnson, Cam Thomas, Mikel Bridges, Seth Curry, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, Nick Claxton. Let me ask you, what are you doing with that team? That's another reason why I was so shocked that 
It felt like the Brooklyn Nets stopped making trades after the Kevin Durant trade. You have a whole bunch of you have a whole bunch of wings now. Like what are what are you doing? I just don't know the direction. I know you're now instantly in a rebuild, but I just don't know the direction that the Brooklyn Nets are going. And when you're, in my opinion, if you're going to trade a star like Kyrie Irving, like Kevin Durant, or both of them, you have to know what what step B, C, D, E is going to be. And it doesn't seem like they know at this point because they didn't make any more moves. Well, they did get Jay, Jay Crowder and then sent Jay Crowder to uh, – sent Jay Crowder to the Bucks for a whole bunch for more picks like five picks but it's just like what what are you doing I don't know but I am interested to see you know Kyrie Irving played uh in Dallas and he looked good now granted they Kevin uh Luka Doncic didn't play now I'm not saying that they're not, they're not going to look good but it's going to be the adjustment how much Kyrie Irving thrives with the ball in his hand how Luka Doncic thrives with the ball in their hand that's going to be interesting and I'm interested to see what Kevin Durant looks like on the Suns I have no problem no I think Kevin Durant will fit Kevin Durant is one of those players that fits in anywhere that's just how good he is Kevin Durant is is great I mean let's let's be real it's Kevin Durant so I think that it's going to I'm not going to say it's going to be as successful as the Golden State Warriors Kevin Durant but I do think that kind of like Golden State you can fit Kevin Durant anywhere, and it'll it'll work instantly. You also have Chris Paul, who is great at facilitating. You know, he's a future Hall of Famer, and you have Devin Booker, who they Devin Booker has played with Kevin Durant on Team USA, so they can play off each other. I, I'm interested to see how it goes. So uh, now. I understand. I talk about fit a lot on this on this show, and I t- especially when we talk about basketball, football, any sport. Fit matters. I, I, that's that has been a title of an of a t- of an episode. Fit matters, and I understand. You know, sometimes players don't fit on teams. Sometimes players. They can be really good players. They just don't fit on a team. It was very clear when Russell Westbrook went to the Lakers. Everyone knew, everyone, I guess, except the Lakers, knew that Russell Westbrook did not fit on that team with LeBron James, with Anthony Davis. Maybe if LeBron James was not on the team, maybe. But because he was on the team, Russell Westbrook just didn't fit. Kind of like how we're kind of waiting to see with the Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Russell Westbrook thrives with the ball in his hand. He's not a good shooter. His Some of his decision-making is questionable. So we knew it just wasn't going to fit when it came to playing alongside LeBron James. And like I said, this was a very eventful trade deadline. So the Lakers traded Russell Westbrook. Um, it was a three-team deal. The Lakers got D'Angelo Russell from Minnesota. They got Malik Beasley, uh, and they got... Uh, Jared Vanderbilt from what Utah. The t- the Timberwolves got Michael or Mike Conley. They got Nikel Alexander Walker and a whole bunch of or like three draft picks. And the Lakers or the Jazz got Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Lee, and a first round pick. 
I'm not here to discuss the trade as much as I'm here to talk about or I'm here to shine light on what happened after. We've heard rumblings about, you know, just the fit of Russell Westbrook not fitting with the Lakers. Um, But one thing that I've never heard, we've never heard. We never heard it with OKC. We never heard it in Houston. We never heard it in Washington. Is Russell Westbrook's character be uh, challenged? It, all we've heard is Russell Westbrook, even though you know the fit might not be there or whatever, we heard that Russell Westbrook is a great teammate. You heard that from people like Paul George. Hell, Kevin Durant was tired of the style of which Kevin of Westbrook played, like how he played on the court. But Kevin Durant has done nothing but rave about how good of a person that Russell Westbrook is off the court. You heard about in, in Houston, James Harden. James Harden said Russell Westbrook's a good dude, even though the play style didn't work together. You heard they're, they're a good dude. And, and the Wizards, Bradley Bill, all, the, all his teammates have said that Russell Westbrook is a good player. Or a good good person. Maybe the play style might not suit them, but the person is good. And that's another thing. I don't like how I know this is a business. The NBA sports is a business. But when you start attacking somebody's somebody personally. That's when I think that a lot of times it goes too far. And that's where I think the Lakers did. That's where I think. That is what I think the Lakers did with Russell Westbrook. Again, I understand that he may have had heated discussions with Darvin Ham or some of the players. But when you're saying that the locker room was toxic because of Russell Westbrook, when you're when you're describing him as a vampire or sucking the life out of the team. That's when I have to chill out. That's when I that's when I have to be like, "Hold on now." Again, I understand Russell Westbrook didn't fit with the Lakers, didn't fit with LeBron James, but I feel like Russell Westbrook is being the sk- in fact. Give me a second. I feel like Russell Westbrook has become the scapegoat for this team and for the the shortcomings of this team. Let me let me tell you some of the people Russell Westbrook played alongside. Or let me say that. Let me tell you some of the people that the Lakers has been playing alongside LeBron James. Lonnie Walker the fourth. Dennis Schroeder, Austin Reeves, Wayne Gabriel, Max Christie, Troy Brown Jr., who didn't work in Washington nor Chicago, Thomas Bryant, You know what those all those players have in common? They're mid-level exception players. They're players that you can get on the mid-level exception market. 
Hold on, let me see something. 2019 Los Angeles Lakers roster. Let me what I'm doing is I'm trying to 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 shine light on something. When Russell Westbrook came on the team in 2000 what 2021 Let me tell you some of the names that are on this team. Damn, when in fact, no. Let me tell you some of the names that are on this team before Russell Westbrook got there. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who, by the way, is playing really well in Denver. Alex Caruso, who, by the way, is playing really well in Chicago. Quinn Cook, who, by the way, is playing really well overseas somewhere. Andre Drummond. Jared Dudley. Mark Gasol. Montrez Harold, Taylor Horton Tucker, Damian Jones, Wesley Matthews, Alfonso McKinney, Ben McLemore, Markeith Morris, and Dennis Schroeder. Now, let me tell you the first team that Russell Westbrook was on. And you tell me if this is really Russell Westbrook's fault or not. Trevor Ariza, DJ Augustine, Kent Bazemore, Avery Bradley, Darren Deron Collis or Darren Collison, who retired by the way, Wayne Ellington, Dwight Howard, Stanley Johnson, Jerome Johnson, Mason Jones, DeAndre Jordan, Mac McClung, Malik jo- Malik Monk. Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves, Rajon Rondo, Isaiah Thomas. Look here, man. I'm not going to stay on this much longer as far as this trade. I think the late I think the Lakers got better. Uh, you know, they got D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared uh Vanderbilt. They also got Mo Bamba. Um which I think will help them. They got Rui Hachimura. They got that back in January. Uh, I think, of course, Rui Hachimura would help them, especially when we talk about shooting. You just need players that are not that are above mid-level exception talent. And I'm not saying that Mo Bamba and Davin Reed is going to just change the, the trajectory of the Lakers, but I think that you have now more players that – are are not just mid-level exception players. Mo Bamba can help. D'Angelo Russell helps, especially when we talk about point guard and shooting. Malik Beasley, shooter. Jared Vanderbilt, you know, he's a he's a big wing. I think that the Lakers got better with the trades. Um, again, Thomas Bryant wasn't, you know, Patrick Beverly, he they weren't doing much. I think probably Patrick Beverly would get bought out. Hell, I think Russell Westbrook would get bought out. I think he will not even land in utah in my opinion um so yeah i think the lakers got better with these moves that's that's not questionable in my opinion i just just don't 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 i understand the whole scapegoat thing i think we all understand that at that point 
Um, and I'm not saying that it's right, but it's going to happen. You, when you have a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you have to find a reason why it's not working or why they're currently under 500. I mean, a, a man that just broke the NBA scoring record, there, which, by the way, the team lost that game. You have to understand. You have to figure out why this team is not good. And of course, you're gonna gonna look at Russell Westbrook. Just don't disrespect his character. Just don't disrespect his name. Because what it does is now this. You're people. I understand that Russell Westbrook's been on what four teams in five years, or four teams in four years, or whatever. And I do think that his next move, ha I think, is running out of time. I kind of feel that way for John Wall as well, but it kind of feels like he's running out of time now. I will say that he was balling for the Lakers when he came off the bench. That is Russell Westbrook. And he's shown that he is able to do what needs to be done for the betterment of the team, i.e. come off the bench. But... His next move, I'm not going to say he has to get back to MVP level. I just don't think that he's able to do that. But it just has to land because, again, this is four teams or five teams in four years or five teams in five years now. That That is tough for a former MVP. But you even, you even hear, you know, him, him, him tied to the Clippers – Paul George is recruiting him because he's more than likely, actually a lot more than likely, going to get bought out from the Jazz. So you hear teams like the Clippers, the the Heat, the Bulls. I think Russell Westbrook will be okay. I don't think that. I think that the, the, Russell, the, the years that Russell Westbrook is dominating the stat sheet, I think that's over with. But let's just not kill his character. I think, you know, if you're going to make him a scapegoat, make him a scapegoat. Say the reason why we're not good is because of Russell Westbrook or whatever. But don't disrespect his character. Don't do the whole vampire sucking the life out the team or sucking the life out the locker room. First and foremost, you have you're, – you're playing Wayne Gabriel big minutes, bro. You had Stanley Johnson on the team. And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to disrespect these players personally, but they 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 were not good. Well, Stanley Johnson was okay. They were not good as Lakers. You had DeAndre Jordan. You know how bad Kendrick Nunn was? You remember that? Or Talon Horton Tucker was after you said he is an untouchable piece, which is why you don't have Kyle Lowry? Or Kent Bazemore, who's at home right now. And I love Quinn Cook, man, because Quinn Cook's from the from the crib. But Quinn Cook is somewhere overseas hoping. It's okay to to blame whoever you want to blame, man. But just don't disrespect the man's character. That's all I'm saying. 
moving forward, man, again, there was a lot of trades. I'm not going to harp on each one. I think that a lot of teams got better. Um, I think the 76ers got better, even though they did give up Matisse Thimbel. You got Jalen McDaniels, who's a better player. Jalen McDaniels uh, from – was it the Hornets or Trailblazers? Somewhere. Jalen McDaniels is an incredible player. He's a great defender, great shooter. Um, I think that that's exactly what the what the um, what the seventy sixers needed. Uh, the Trailblazers, however, man, like I get it, I guess. But Matisse Steinbu is going to be good defensively. Cam Reddish, I think, is a, a really good piece as far as a spark coming off the bench. Ryan Archidiakono, I guess, but you give up Josh Hart. It's just yet another yet another trade deadline where you didn't get drastically better. And when you have somebody as good as Damian Lillard, it's like, what what is this going to do? I understand you have, you know, Nurkic. I understand you have uh, Grant. But, okay, Matisse Thimble wasn't working for a team that needed him. I think defensively he's good. But, and I think it'll be good for the for the Trailblazers, of course, defensively. But what what else, man? Oh, I mean, the Clippers got a lot better, in my opinion. The Clippers got Eric Gordon. I think they also got a uh, they also got somebody. But I think the Clipper the Clippers got a lot better, a lot better. I think Aaron Gordon definitely helps them because once they go to the bench. They can't score to save their lives. Um, I know they lost Reggie Jackson, but um, yeah, I think I think I think Eric Gordon. Now nah, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad for uh, John Wall getting traded back to Houston after all the things that transpired there. I saw a tweet that was like, "You know how bad you got to be to get traded to a team that bought you out." Like it's already, that's crazy, man. I hope, hope John Wall finds a landing spot, man. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, Celtics got Mike Muscala. I think that was pretty good. They needed a, another outside shooter. Um, yeah, a, a big one, of course, was James Wiseman, uh, who was the former second overall pick for the Golden State. He got traded to the Pistons, and Golden State pretty much got like five first round picks or whatever. Uh, but they turned those five first round picks into Gary Payton II. For people that you know remember, he was a very big piece to the Golden State Warriors championship run just a year ago. Um, I'm not gonna call James Wiseman a bust. I'm not gonna do that. What I am gonna say is, and, and it goes back to again a theme that's on this episode or a thing that's that 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 this show i guess relies on is fit matters fit matters you know and james wiseman went to a team that just didn't fit him now yes injuries and and rehab and everything help hurt but golden state needed him to be needed him to be good day one and he wasn't and they needed him to be more poised as far as offensively, defensively. They just needed him to be better. And they didn't have the time to wait. Not saying that Jane, and again, I'm not going to call him a bust because he can right now and he can be great in Detroit. Detroit can, 
can maximize his potential. I mean, you have Jalen Duran, you have uh, Cade Cunningham, you you have some really good Jalen Ivey. But he just didn't work in Golden State, and I think this is this is the best opportunity for him to get out of a team that didn't work for him. And Golden State gets back a Gary Payton the second, which they struggle mightily defensively as far as at the guard position. I wish they could have got a bigger wing and maybe a big. Now we do see that Sergi Baca is going to get bought out. Maybe Sergi Baca go. Now I think if Sergi Baca goes to Golden State, that's huge. Sergi Baca is big or big. Sergi Baca is six ten. He's all. He can also shoot the ball. Great defender. We'll see. But. I think it was big. Sadiq Bay going to the Hawks. I mean, I don't understand why the Hawks need him. Um, and I was kind of, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there there was a lot of trades that happened. Uh, again, Mo Bamba went to the Lakers. Bowens Highland went to the Clippers. That was big. I think, again, the Clippers just need bench points and, and spark is outside of their starters. They have a tough time once they go to the bench producing points. Um, yeah, man. Outside of that, man, I was I was kind of confused about the Toronto Raptors. I thought the Toronto Raptors were going to be sellers, especially when you see that they're kind of in the middle of the pack. Uh, we saw during the trade deadline that there were a lot of teams, but it looked like the front runners for OG Adenobi was going to be Golden State. I think if Golden State would have got OG, that would have been that would have been the piece that they're missing. Uh, a wing that is a great defender, like the an auto porter, but better. Um Yeah. But I I just don't understand why. Yeah, they got Yaka Pertle back, but I just don't understand why they really weren't sellers. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Um yeah, of course we talked about Kyrie Irving and everything. So this was a this was a very eventful trade deadline, and I am interested to see. This was one of the most ex- exciting and most active trade deadlines we've seen in the last few years. Of course, the biggest one being Kevin Durant. Um, so I'm excited to see just how what you don't really know the effect of a trade deadline until you get. It's towards the end of the season. I mean, hell, we're not even at all-star break yet. Uh, but, again, I am interested to see what the Suns look like. Uh, we have seen Dallas play or Kyrie play with Dallas. However, we haven't seen Kyrie play alongside Luka. I think the Lakers, like I said, have gotten better. But I just I don't think that, yes, D'Angelo Russell's, ooh, D'Angelo Russell is good and all of them are good. I just don't think that the Lakers are cl- I'll say this. The Lakers are closer to the championship than they were, but I don't think that they're going to win. I mean, when you look at the Lakers, I wouldn't put the Lakers above teams like, again, Golden State. I wouldn't put the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers is a top five team in the West, even after these moves. And they're, I know they're fighting to be in the playoff or playing right now, but I just I just don't think the Lakers are – they're better. They're better. Don't get me wrong. They're better. I just don't, you know. I am interested to see what the Clippers do. I think the Clip, I think the Clippers are kind of front runners to get Russell Westbrook after um, after Russell Westbrook gets brought out. I do. The Clippers do not have a point guard on their team, like a reliable point guard. Yes, you have Bones Highlands, but they don't have a reliable point guard. I am interested to see 
if Russell Westbrook does go to the Clippers after getting bought out, hell, maybe look at Patrick Beverly going back to the Clippers. I don't know. But I'm interested to see what they look like if they get Russell Westbrook with Kawhi Leonard, with uh, Russ or Paul George. And, of course, we know Paul George did play with Russell Westbrook in OKC. So, again, man, very, very busy trade deadline. And uh, I'm excited to see what the league looks like towards the end of the season. So, and actually moving forward even after the season. Finally, we are here. The Super Bowl is tomorrow. Damn, I talked I talked almost <laughs> talked almost an hour about the trade deadline. That's crazy. But the Super Bowl is here, man. Um to me, these have the 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 Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs have been the best two teams in the league this entire year. Usually, you don't get that in the Super Bowl. You usually don't get the two teams that should be there, like for instance, and and congratulations to everyone that has been in the Super Bowl. But last year, you didn't really expect the 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 Cincinnati Bengals to make it to the Super Bowl. Yes, they they deserve to be there, but you just they just they weren't the best team the entire year. Um, but when you look this year, of course, the Eagles and their dominance throughout the East or the NFC, and now, of course, you have the Kansas City Chiefs, who, which, by the way, a lot of people thought that they were going to fall off a cliff after losing Tyreek Hill. They have, I mean, hell, I think they both finished the season 16 and, or 16 and 3 or something like that. Um, let me talk about the Eagles first. And I'll talk about how they can win. The Eagles' defense has been the best defense in the league this year consistently by far. I think they recorded like the third most sacks in a season in NFL history. Uh, When you have a player as fast as Hassan Reddick, when you have incredible – when you have incredible – defenders like uh, Slay – you have Fletcher Cox and in, in his size. It it is it's going to the Eagles the Eagles are good, man. Now I know that I know that's like a, a duh. But the Eagles the Eagles are tough. And then of course the offensive line when you have Jordan Davis, when you have Lane Johnson, who is a future Hall of Famer, when you have Jason Kelsey, who arguably is the greatest center in NFL history. I mean, C.J. Gardner Johnson on the defensive side of the ball. You still have Ndamukong Sue. You have Nakobe Dean, Robert. Like, come on now. When we talk about teams, this is the best team on paper. This has been the best team all season. But even in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs, when you line up the best 10 players for both teams, right, the Philadelphia Eagles have more players in that top 10 than the Kansas City Chiefs do now I'm not saying that you know the top of that 10 are the Philadelphia Eagles but you they have more players like I said Jason Kelsey would probably fall on that list AJ Brown probably fall on that list Hassan Reddick Lane Johnson uh Jalen Hurts the quarterback you know they just have have pieces and their run game as well as their defense has been solid to damn near Hall of Fame worthy this entire year. 
Uh, Nick Soriani, which again, I I was drastically wrong wrong about when he came in with that awkward press conference, and I just didn't think it was going to work. Even after the first year, I was also wrong about Jalen Hurts. Again, they talk about Jalen Hurts comes from greatness. I remember Jalen Hurts getting benched. Uh, in the national championship, not because he was injured, because he wasn't playing well. I remember he was really good in Oklahoma. They, but he just didn't matriculate. Like they didn't win anything. Um, and I also remember what Jalen Hurst looked like his first what year or two in the NFL. So I had a warped opinion on what Jalen Hurst was, and he has exceeded and and just shattered everything that I thought he was this year. He's been incredible. I mean, he finished finished second in MVP, but how can the Philadelphia Eagles win? If you if you lean on that defense that is that is incredible and that shut down the offense that is the 49ers, um if you shut that if you if that defense which, again, Hassan Reddick, who is one of the fastest defenders in the league, if he is able to get past the off the Chiefs' offensive line, if he's able to to uh, make Patrick Mahomes test that ankle, if he's, if he's able to make it very uncomfortable for Patrick Mahomes in the pocket, and then, of course, thrive on the running game with Boston Scott and Miles Sanders, then they have a they're, – they're going to win if that happens. Because again, this team is built to this team is built to be the best team in the league. This has been the best team by far, as far as if you look at paper, the the the, the talent on this on this team, they have been the best team. I mean, they got James Bradbury from the Giants. That was the Giants' best, almost one of their best defenders. It's. That's how they can win. Not to mention Jalen Hurts, he's able to use his legs. He's able to to throw. Of course, he's able to throw as a quarterback. But Jalen Hurts is his decision making is also exceptional or has been exceptional this year. So if they play the brand of football that they have been playing this entire year, they're going to win. Now, yes, there have been some hiccups. Of course, Jalen Hurts did get hurt, and Gardner Minshew had to come in. But if they play the brand of football, the 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 defense, the do, dominate the line of scrimmage again, you have two future Hall of Famers in Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. You also have Jordan Davis, who is a defensive tackle. He's huge alongside uh, Dominican. Like if you if they're able to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and if with them controlling the line of scrimmage on the offense, that means that their run game is 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 flourishing and they're getting four, five, six yards a carry. Jalen Hurts doesn't have to do much with his arm. Um, and of course the defense is smothering like it's been all year. They're going to win. Now, how can they lose? First and foremost, I don't think Jalen Hurts is completely healthy when we talk about his shoulder. Uh Yes, they destroyed the Giants. Yes, they destroyed the uh, – or they beat the 49ers handedly. It wasn't because Jalen Hurts looked incredible. Jalen Hurts, I don't know if it's – I know that he did injure his sh- shoulder. I just – he hasn't been right since. And while, yes, they look the, – the Eagles as a whole looked really good against the 49ers in the NFC Championship, Jalen Hurts did not look good at all. 
he did not look good at all. Now, again, I, and also, and also, I understand, you know, how good the Eagles are. And they've been good this entire year. I get that. And I'm not disrespecting the Eagles. But when you look at the the type of quarterbacks they've been playing, you know, they played Jared Goff. They played uh, Kirk Cousins. They played Carson Wentz. They played, well, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they played Kyler Murray. They played Dak Prescott, who lead the league in interceptions. They played Kenny Pickett, uh, Darius Mills, uh, Taylor Heineke. He did beat him. <laughs> Shouts out. They also played whoever the hell the coach, uh, Matt Ryan. They played Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. They played uh, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, Dak Prescott. Lost to Dak Prescott. They played the Saints and who uh, Andy Dalton. What I'm saying is this. Let's just forget all that. Let's look at the divisional round. Let's look at the playoffs. The Eagles have played Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy and James Johnson and Christian McCaffrey at the quarterback position. Neither one of them, in fact, none of the names I just said are in the same stratosphere of Patrick Mahomes. They're going to get a different level of quarter, or they're about to see a different level of quarterback that they have not seen all year. In fact, the one quarterback, two quarterbacks that you can kind of say is on the same level or close, not same right now, close to the level that Patrick Mahomes is, is the is Aaron Rodgers and Trevor Lawrence. Now, no, 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 calm down first. Ooh, calm down. I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers right now or Trevor Lawrence is on the same level as Patrick Mahomes. What I'm saying is those are the closest to Patrick Mahomes that they played all year. Do not, I don't want to hear nothing about Dak Prescott. I don't want to hear nothing about uh, Kurt Cousins. I don't want to hear nothing about what, even though that, no, I don't want to hear nothing about Daniel Jones. Even though Daniel Jones was good, I don't want to hear nothing about that. So they're about to play a level of quarterback that they have not seen all year. Also, and we saw this against the 49ers. Um, while, yes, they they handedly beat the 49ers, the 49ers did. I mean, they struggled a lot defensively as far as the back end of the 49. It was just the oh, no, running the ball. With how good their offensive line is, you know, they were able to get some points. They were able to get some passes. Like, their defense did, the secondary did kind of struggle against the 49ers and Brock Purdy and James Johnson and Christian McCaffrey. So, again, this is a different type of quarterback that you're playing with, with uh, playing against with Patrick Mahomes. And that's no disrespect to Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts, but... Jalen Hurts is not in the same stratosphere as Patrick Mahomes. We saw that last game with Patrick Mahomes and his ankle. So, I think that Patrick Mahomes, when we talk about the 10, right? Patrick Mahomes is number one on that list as far as the 10 best players in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is on that list. And from 10 or from 1 to 2, it is a very, very far uh, gap. 
And I think number two, if, I mean, if not, what, Jason Kelsey, it will be Travis Kelsey. So, the Eagles, if, if they... If, if their defense plays like it's played all year and um, they control the line of scrimmage, which they have a good chance of doing because they have Hall of Famers littered throughout the, or future Hall of Famers littered throughout this entire team, um, they can win. And, of course, if their run game is as dominant as it is, uh, they can win. And they can lose because, I mean, <laughs> they have never – they have not this entire year seen a quarterback – or played a quarterback on the same level as Patrick Mahomes. And they haven't played a tight end. In fact, they haven't played a tight end on the same level as Travis Kelsey. They haven't. I mean, yes, they played Justin Jefferson, but again, it's not Travis Kelsey. So, yeah. On the, on the, on the Chiefs side, I think it was huge um, that, and I said it, I said it, um, I said it before, while Patrick Mahomes was incredible and Patrick Mahomes was great against the Bengals, the star of the team and the MVP of that game was Chris Jones. Chris Jones recording his first two sacks of his career, of his postseason career. Chris Jones is arguably the best defensive tackle in the league. That's just, that's just how it is. And he dominated that game, and he really – Put his imprint on the game uh, against the 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 Chiefs. I mean, no, against the Bengals. So, how can the Chiefs win this game? The Chiefs have been the best offense this entire year. Um, yes, they they are kind of suffering from from some injuries. McCole Harmon probably is not going to play, but Juju Smith Schuster is probably going to play. Contarius uh, Contarius Tony is probably going to play. Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to play. It looks like Clyde Edwards Alaire, who hasn't played most of the year, he's going to play. And of course, you have arguably the greatest tight end of all time, Travis Kelsey, is going to play. Um, this offense has been explosive, and while yes. Kendarius uh, Tony, Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Gan, they're not number ones anywhere else. But when you're playing for a, when you're playing with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, I mean, hell, Patrick Mahomes struggled to connect with Valdez or Marquez Valdez-Scanling this entire year. Last game, he had the game of his life. So. I just think, I mean, Isaiah uh, Pacheco, the 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 running back wide receiver, or the running back, the the rookie running back, he's been great. Um, it's this offense is explosive. This offense is is <laughs> this offense is great and. This offense, especially being led by Patrick Mahomes, can can beat anybody and has been the number one offense all year. Also, defensively, they're, while their secondary still has questions, their front has been good. I mean, again, Willie Gay Jr., um, Chris Jones has been good. Uh, <laughs> Carlos Dunlap, Dunlap was really good. While I don't think that 
their defense clearly is on the same level as the Eagles' defense. I think that the 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 game within the game is going to be the defensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs going against the offensive line of the of the the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, I just mentioned you have Lane Johnson who hasn't given up a sack in like three years. If you don't believe me, look it up. Lane Johnson has not given up a sack in three years. You also have Jason Kelsey, the center, who, again, is arguably the greatest center of all time. Surely the best center today. So, I don't Of course, the offensive line that is the Eagles is not the same offensive line that's the Cincinnati Bengals. But if Chris Jones can 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 have a day like he had against the, the Bengals. Uh, Willie Gay, um, again, uh, we have to see about Sneed. Sneed, he's in concussion protocol. That's going to be huge. They definitely, I feel they need Sneed. Um, again, man, Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, I think that is going to be with the game within the game. If they're able to get to Jalen Hurts and really not only get to Jalen Hurts, but shut down or – slow down the running game and make Jalen Hurts have to pass the ball. While yes, Devontae Smith and AJ Brown are great. Again, I it it Jalen Hurts does not look healthy. Ever since he hurt his shoulder against I think it was the Giants, he hasn't been he hasn't looked the same. So I think if if the if the Kansas City Chiefs can dominate or can can win or at least keep up with the offensive line that is the Eagles, they have a really good chance of winning. Um because the 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 way that they were able to contain and really slow down the offense that is the Cincinnati Bengals, which had Joe Burrow and, and Joe Mixon and and Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, that is that that was was incredible. And the offense, while yes, the the Eagles' offense is good, they're outside weapons that is AJ Brown and Devontae Smith that while they're good they're not T Higgins Tyler Boyd which he did go go out and Jamar Chase so yeah man uh, I think that's I think this is this is a very I'm not gonna say it's an even game because like I said when you do the whole top 10 uh players there's more Eagles than Chiefs in my opinion but the Chiefs are the Chiefs are good and Again, it's it's going to be tough. Now, how can the Chiefs lose this game? I think when you go to the Super Bowl, you have to be healthy. No, not have to. Usually the healthiest team makes it, and the healthiest team usually prevails. And, again, I understand that he looked good against the Cincinnati Bengals, but this Philadelphia Eagles defense is different, and I – Still am not sure how Patrick Mahomes is on that high ankle sprain. Again, he did prove a lot to me against the Bengals, but the Bengals defense, which is good, is not on the same level as the Eagles defense. Also, there is a lot of rookies playing. A lot of rookies. And 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 playing important positions too. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco, who's who's pretty much their starting running back, Sky Moore, uh, Trent McDuff, like they have some, they have rookies playing at very important positions. And they also have players playing in important positions that, like Juju Smith Schuster is not a number one receiver. 
Marquez Valdez-Scantling is not a number one receiver. Contarius Tony is not a number In fact, the previous teams did not want them anymore. Valdez, the Packers didn't want Valdez-Scantling. The Steelers didn't want Juju. Uh, the, the Giants were happy to give up Contarius Tony. It's and all that all their their greatness or the the the, the talent of the wide receivers are, are are definitely they're definitely higher because you're playing alongside um Patrick Mahomes but how does that look when of course Patrick Mahomes is what what happens if they slow down Patrick Mahomes is what I'm saying so We'll see. Um, what is my prediction? Who do I have winning the Super Bowl? <sighs> to me, this is a head versus heart situation. Because my heart is going with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you're going with Patrick Mahomes. We know how great Patrick Mahomes is. You have Travis Kelsey. They have been the number one offense all year. That's my heart. Uh, and, of course, you're, you're, you're talking about a team that's been there before. While, yes, there have been players like Lane Johnson and and uh, Dominican Sue and, and Jason Kelsey who have all been and won a Super Bowl. Uh, some of the most, you know, Jalen Hurts has never been to a Super Bowl. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, they've never been to a Super Bowl. So Darius Slay, uh, he did win, actually. Yeah. Um, but I just my head, I mean my heart is is picking the the Kansas City Chiefs. My head is picking the Eagles. I mean they're the best, they're the better team. That's 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 not really debatable at this point. When you look at how how good the Eagles have been all year, they are the better team. And you look at how many players. I mean I didn't even mention Dallas Goddard. I didn't even mention you know players like Brandon Graham. I didn't even mention players like what Zach Pascal you know it's (laughs) this is a team Josh Sweat like this they are the better team and it's to me I'm not gonna say it's not even close but they are the better team um but mm, 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 mm. oh and shouts out that I, I forgot to mention it this episode, at least, this is the first Super Bowl in NFL history that had two black quarterbacks. You know, Black History Month, power. You know, Black Power. I, I you know, I love to see black people succeeding in in all facets of life. Uh, damn, I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs because of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'm gonna ride pause. I'm gonna ride that Patrick Mahomes train until, you know, because again. This is the he. This is his second or third Super Bowl he's been to. Third, meaning he's been there. Multi, like he knows what it is, and this is this could be his second Super Bowl win. And I think Travis Kelsey's been to multiple Super Bowls. Uh, of course, Jason Kelsey has, and some of the people on the Eagles. But I'm gonna go with the better quarterback. I'm gonna go with the better quarterback, and. While yes, the the Philadelphia defense is good, um, you still have Orlando Brown Jr., who is one of the best offensive linemen in the league. You still have uh, was it Joe Tooney, is right? Joe, yeah, Joe Tooney, who is also another 
great. I think also one of the one of the best offensive linemen in the league as well. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I think this is going to be a really good game. Don't get me wrong. I think this is going to be a great, great, great game. Uh, I am going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs though. So that's and I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Thirty-one to 20, 24. 31 to twenty-four Kansas City Chiefs. So, lastly, before we go, um, the awards, the NFL awards, happened what the other night, last two nights ago, uh, and as expected. The awards were handed out, and the award, the honor, the, the the people that I thought were going to win, I was like undefeated. Uh, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Offensive Player of the Year. Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Brian Dayball, Coach of the Year. I thought that that was going to be a competitive race between Brian Dayball and somebody like Nick Soriani or Doug Doug Peterson. But you know, Brian, I understand. Comeback Player of the Year. I said it was going to be Geno Smith. Rookie of the Year, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner. I think that's the first time in a while that the Offensive Rookie of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year were on the same team. Um, again, Geno Smith, Comeback Player of the Year. It was either going to be him or uh, Saquon Barkley. D'Amico Ryans is Assistant Coach of the Year. I mean, hell, D'Amico Ryans just got a head coaching job at the t- uh, as a, the Houston Texans, so you know he was going to get it. I was surprised that the Walter Payton, the man of the year, was Dak Prescott. But, hey, shouts out to you. Um, again, everyone that I felt should have and that was going to win the win awards, they did. Uh, and, yeah, man, that I think uh, Justin Jefferson had catch of the year, which understandably so i mean did you see the catch that he had against the bills i even said that that was probably one of the greatest catches of all time if not the greatest catch of all time so yeah man the wars went exactly how i thought they would go and uh congratulations to everyone that won award congratulations to everyone that was nominated uh definitely deserving so and there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast, and I truly appreciate you guys. Um, if you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers, the link is in the description below. At multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your Unpopular Podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. It definitely would mean a lot to me. Uh, I'm trying to grow the podcast. I think I'm really close to 400 subscribers on YouTube. Uh, so... I definitely, I've been grinding for a minute, man. Wow. I appreciate you guys. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. It definitely means a lot to me. Um, I can't do it without you guys, and I don't do it if I didn't have you guys. So I appreciate you. Um, Yeah. Uh, And until next time, much love. Baby, make it rain. Don't let go till it storms again. That this will never end My love, love, cuff it Don't stop, let me love you to the remix. I feel like falling in love Falling in love I'm in the mood to fuck something up Tonight I'm loving something I need some drink in my cup Drink it up, drink, hey. drink. 
But just get in the water with it, boy, it's waist high Ain't no need in holding back, stay with it Baby, keep on cuffing, right there Baby, keep on busting, I'm so nasty Yeah, you, you, come in, cuff it, cuff it, cuff it, cuff it, baby While I'm busting, busting, busting for you, baby Oh, baby Anywhere, anytime, I don't mind, I don't mind For you, for you I'm back in the truck, stay with it, baby, come on Oh, 